The funniest thing happened yesterday. I was sitting out on the front porch with my grandson. And he asked me, Papa, what's the point of life? What for you has been the most meaningful parts? And I told him my wedding, when your mother was born, when you were born, my first job. When he asked me what the point of it all was, I told him happiness, fulfillment, joy, all the things we're supposed to say. But later that night, I was laying in bed, and his question just stuck with me, you know? I was laying there, and there's one memory I just couldn't get out of my head. And it was about me and my friend Joe, our senior year in high school. I can remember how we loaded up our dad's pickup truck, getting ready for a long weekend trip in the Smoky Mountains. My friend Joe and I were headed out for the, that week for the relaxation and escape from the suburbs of Chicago, just for a few days. I'd noticed he'd been a bit quieter than usual at school, and I'd wondered if something was on his mind. We both put our duffel bags in the back seat. We packed up our tent, the food, cooking supplies. We traveled pretty light. My parents jokingly told us not to party too hard, to which I quickly responded, Mother, the Beastie Boys fought and possibly died for my right to party. I must respect that sacrifice. We all had a good laugh, waved goodbye, gave our hugs, and we hit the road. As the sun rose on those spring fields, clock coming around at 5.30 in the morning, we cranked town mouth up on the radio. We, it just started our 10-hour haul. We were both excited for the weekend. We sat listening to the Rolling Stones. We spent most of the time not really talking much, just enjoying the moment. We sat for lunch at this old diner. It was the best burger I had ever had with the fries that just melt in your mouth and the milkshake with the little flakes of ice still in it. Delicious. Then we continued our trek, accompanied by Johnny Cash, Lord Huron, Old Crow Medicine Show, Pokey Lafarge, half a dozen others. We pulled up to the National Park a few hours later. But as we were pulling up, Joe asked if I would stop the car. So I did. And to my amazement, he got out of the car, walked up to a homeless man on the side of the road, and gave him $20. And I just sat there, I remember, shaking my head, thinking how silly was it that he'd give money to someone obviously so irresponsible with money. We got our campsite number at the gate, and we drove through the trees, winding up the mountain to our campsite. Once we got there, we started to build a fire. The smoke slowly builds as it spiraled to the heavens. The sparks flew through the air. We ended up sitting there in companionable silence for some time, listening to the forest fall asleep. Once the sun started to set more, 
we started making dinner. I quickly made a prepackaged Caesar salad, and Joe started prepping the chicken with one of my favorite homemade rubs. At this point, I put a healthy amount of butter into the pan. And we put the chicken in the pan as well. Then we filled the air and the smoke battled with the mosquitoes around us. We were sitting there talking. We talked about silly things. Types of silly things you talked about in elementary school. Before you realized that girls had cooties. Talked about music, games, old friends, and new ideas. Our dreams, our fears, our hopes, and our regrets. Went from slight, side conversation to one of those conversations you save for late at night. Safe for the people you share something real with. We ended up talking about our parents and the idea of college coming down on us like a freight train and we are just tied to the tracks. Mentioned our parents' ideas for our future. We both noticed a stark contrast between their ideas and ours. He asked me what I wanted to go to college for, and I told him, I want to go to economics. So that I can be a stockbroker, make ridiculous amounts of money, and have a Porsche, a big house, and support a family with as much as they would ever need. He asked me, why? Why do I need all the money, and all the things? And I said, honestly, I really don't know. I guess it's just kind of what you're supposed to do, right? I was guessing. That's the issue, he told me. You're willing to waste your life for a social norm. You're willing to not follow your dream for a paycheck, for a car, to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. And I told him, but I also kind of do love money and cars and all those things. And he told me, if you were a trust fund kid and had the money, what would you do with your time? I told him, what? I was baffled by the question. Because I never really thought about it. So he asked me again. He said, I guess make a podcast about self-development and being a better person. And write poetry, travel. And then he told me something I'll never forget. He told me, then do that. And I asked, what about the money? He said, what good's money if you're not happy? And you can monetize a podcast, sell poetry, travel cheaply. You could live, and you, you could live. You wouldn't have a Porsche, but you'd be living. Most people die in their 20s, and they don't get buried till their 90s, he said. And I smirked. said, where'd you hear that piece of advice from? He said, some famous guy put it on a poster in my English class in freshman year. I said, post your life advice. Always valid. And we both realized that as much as people make fun of poster advice, it was true. I said, 
I guess I can try that. I guess I can try to follow my dream. Make a living. I mean, with the way modern medicine is going, I rationalized. I could be, live to be 100. I'm not even a fifth of the way through life. I mean, I could try that for a few years. If it doesn't pan out, still go to school. I wouldn't even be 28. Barely a fourth of the way through life. And I could work and still find fulfillment. Not just the momentary happiness you get when you get a new car or a big paycheck or a fancy new outfit or a Rolex, right? Exactly, he said. And he paused and looked at me for a second. I could tell that the thing that had been on his mind for the last few weeks. Because I wanted to talk about it. And I didn't push it. I sat there and I knew when the time was right, he'd talk. A few moments later, he said, Hey. I nodded. He showed that he had my full attention. He said, Hey. I feel like my dad really wants me to go into law. Right? But what I really want to do is make film docs. These documentaries are something I always thought he'd be good at. I've seen some of his short videos and stuff, and they were amazing. He said, but I really want to make film documentaries. And I mean, I always feel like my dad was disappointed in me, you know? He was this high school football star, and I went to the Ivies and became a big-time lawyer. Well, when I was in high school, I did choir and theater, photography and music. I listened to him as he said this, and he took a breath and said, he's the epitome, he's the epitome of masculinity and success in every sense of what it's supposed to be. How do I tell him that I don't want that too? I feel like my high school career was a disappointment to him. How do I tell him that my career for the rest of my life will be too. I mean, I know he loves me, but does he really like me? Is he really proud of me? I just don't know what to do. You know? I sat there. The depth of the question was immense, and I had no idea what to say. But then I thought about it more. He was sitting there, looking at me for help. And cautiously, I said, Hey man, listen, it's really the same thing. You can't live the same life as your father, because you aren't your father. You have different goals, and ideas, and virtues, and your own definitions of success. Different things make you both happy. And... You being a lawyer wouldn't make you happy. And if you spent your whole life, went to college, did that for a career, and you hated it, you'd hate your life. And I think you'd end up resenting your father for that. And I stopped, trying to process the rest of what I was thinking. And I told him, if you think he's going to be disappointed in you, how do you know he actually is if you don't ask? How do you know he wants you to do this if he hasn't told you? How do you know he's not proud of you being your own person if you haven't asked? 
You should just follow your goals and live your life. And I don't think you'd enjoy the process of being a lawyer because it's not you. And you might enjoy the paycheck or the feeling of winning a case. If the only thing in your life you find joy out of is that reward, your life's going to suck. Because you enjoy the process of making a film documentary. And that's why all the time you spend between release and documentary and finishing a project, you'll enjoy that time too. And you'll love that time. And that's how you find fulfillment and happiness in your work and in your life. And if he's disappointed in you, being who you are, then that's his own problem. And I think it's not a big problem because relationship with your parents is always hard and complicated. And I think what you should do is be you and try to work that out and find a common ground. You can't find happiness in life by taking any path that's not yours. If that makes any sense at all. After this little tangent of mine, we both sat there. Me wondering more about what I said and him digesting it slowly. And he ended up looking at me and saying, Thank you. That's all I needed. Because I thank you meant so much more than just thanks for listening and giving your input. At that point, the chicken was done and we took it off and we ate. The music playing from the car behind us and he forgot his speaker and talked about memories from our childhood of walking to school and thinking about starting a band when we were younger and throwing a frisbee baseball walking downtown and drinking tea sitting around and just talking about whatever was on our mind we talked about those memories we made some new ones we ended up sleeping that night and it rained can sleep at all and both just kind of sat there and something about that just made us bond more now that I'm older looking back on it I remember how I felt leaving for that trip having those adventures was about figuring out who you were without your parents around without your peers what your own personal virtues were, what your goals what were, what your place in life was, and who you really were. But now remembering it, now that I think back on it, I think more about who I spent those times with, and you helped me figure that out. Very, very few people in life will ever affect you as much as those you spend your time with when you were young. Because... Once you get older, the friends you make just aren't the same. I haven't talked to Joe in 25 years. 
Maybe I'll give them a call.